thankful for everything that the Lord is doing this morning. Amen. What a wonderful move of God we have already had. I just, I just believe that God is doing some healing this morning. Not only physically, but spiritually, mentally. Because those scars that are on the inside tend to, tend to sting a little more than the ones on the outside. And uh, I've just watched God move in this altar call. And we've got multiple people that are uh, committed to getting baptized in the name of Jesus this morning. They're going to walk out those doors, a new creature. Amen. Young lady in the front here receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost this morning. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Whatever you need from God this morning, it's here. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, I don't want to take up much of our time. <clears throat> Amen. I don't think it will take a whole lot of time to <clears throat> get the word across. Uh, you have to excuse me. I feel like I've suffered one of the plagues this morning. It's, uh, I've never had allergies this bad before, but I've just been coughing and, and draining and I normally don't drink water when I'm preaching, but uh, you have to bear with me this morning. Amen. God is going to get us through it. Second Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1. Second Samuel chapter 9 and verse 1. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? He said, Thy servant is he. And he said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. He's not like you and I, David. He's broken. And the king said unto him, Where is he? Notice he did not say, How lame is he? How valuable is he in my kingdom? He simply said, I want to know where he is. I don't care how broken he is. I don't care how lame he is. I just want him with me. And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, and load to bar. Then King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel, from load to bar. Verse 6 Now, when Mephibosheth, the lame one, the broken one, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and he did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, he answered, Behold thy servant. David said unto him, Fear not. For I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan, thy father's sake, and will restore to thee all. Everyone say all. 
all the land of Saul thy father and all, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. I'm going to restore to you everything the enemy has taken from you, Mephibosheth. And you're going to eat at my table. He bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? And then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him. Thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, watch this for the second time, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Verse 11, Then said Ziba unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king for the third and final time, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. I want to preach to you this morning with the help of the Lord. Broken in the right place. Broken in the right place. You'll lay your Bibles down. Let's lift up our hands and voices to the Lord and ask God to have His perfect will. Lord, we love You, God. We thank You for Your Word, Jesus. Uh, I ask that You would let it break us, let it shape us, and let it mold us, God. Have Your perfect will in this house, God. Let a ministering spirit sweep throughout this place, Jesus. Every one of us that's walked in this house this morning broken, God. We're hurting on the inside, Jesus. We're suffering from addiction or depression or anxiety and fear and doubt, God. The enemy has done his best to take us out, Lord. But yet we've made our way to your house this morning. I pray that you would heal each and every one of them, Jesus. Let them know, God, that they may be broken, but they're broken in the right place. Uh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated this morning. <coughs> Hallelujah. King Solomon is the son of David, was one of the wisest men to ever walk the earth other than Jesus. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3 and verse 1, he wrote a poem that gives his summary of life. And uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1 says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. There's different seasons in our lives. His assessment of life is that there's different times and seasons of our lives. That every one of us, if we live long enough, we will experience times of happiness, times of joy, but we will also experience times of pain and heartache. At every given moment, there are people that are laughing with joy, and there are people who are crying in sorrow. There's people whose lives seem to just keep getting better, and then there are those whose lives seem to just keep crashing down. No matter what season of life that we are currently in, with time it will pass and a new season will begin to blow in. Much like the dead winter will always turn into spring and the spring will fall into summer 
and summer into fall. As time goes by, seasons change. So I am certain this morning, church, when I stand before you and say that every one of us at some point in our lives will experience brokenness. Our brokenness can be a time of weakness, of exhaustion. And uh, we talked about Wednesday night how Satan is depicted as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And the lion, you see, he instinctively stalks and attacks the weakest prey that he can find. The lion, when he's looking at the herd of gazelles, he's not looking for the fastest one. He's not looking for the strongest one. He's looking for the one that's in the back, dragging up the rear. He's looking for the weak one. He's looking for the broken. And Satan is unceasingly following the scent of the suffering and feasting on whom he may devour. Satan will use this time of brokenness to tell you that you are worthless. That you nobody loves you. That you might as well quit. You'll never become anything Uh, And sometimes our brokenness will slowly begin to mend and heal itself. And then there's other times where it seems like it's a more permanent break and it may never go away. Regardless of which, there will be times when we are the devil's worst nightmare. We wake up in the morning, we serve the devil notice, and we let him know and we go about our day because we are in a victory, a season of victory and triumph. But then there will be times, church, hear me this morning when I tell you, there will be times when we seem like we are on our last leg, when the adversary has continually beat us down to a state where you are on the verge of just giving up. You are seconds away from quitting and losing it all. It is in these moments, church, when we are on the brink of defeat, When you are on the edge of disaster, it's in these moments when you must be broken in the right place. Uh, I've come to proclaim to you this morning the good news of Jesus Christ, uh, the power of God that is able to heal the brokenhearted, uh, to bring deliverance to the captives, uh, to recover the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those that are bruised. Uh, I'm here to tell you this morning you don't have to walk out those doors. the same way that you came. You may have came in dragging your feet. You may have walked in with your spirit bent over to the ground, but you can leave with your spirit lifted high and looking towards victory because God is able to heal your brokenness. He's able to fill every void that's been left by this world. He's able to heal every scar the enemy has ever given you. I feel my help coming right now. You don't have to walk out those doors in defeat. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. In our brokenness, it opens up the potential for a sovereign move of the Almighty God. I'm going to say it again. In your brokenness, in your hurt, in your sorrow, it is the potential for a sovereign move of the almighty God that if you're broken in the right place God can step into your brokenness and turn your impending defeat into a miraculous victory hallelujah if you're broken in the right place God can step into your weakness and turn it into strength praise God praise God 
Your brokenness does not have to result in your demise. It does not have to result in your defeat. If we're broken in the right place, God can show up and turn everything around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, a few years ago, before I started evangelizing and preaching out, I worked a full-time job in the old field. I was a salesman, and I sold valves uh, for a living. And uh, we had an office there in West Texas and Odessa. As Pastor mentioned, we're not from East Texas. Um, I was raised in Louisiana, but I moved to West Texas, so... I know what it's like to have trees and to have water, and I like trees and I like water. But if you've ever been to West Texas, they say that uh, it's the only place you can see, watch your dog run away for three days and still see him. There's no trees and there's no water. It's just flat. And uh, there's a lot of dirt and a lot of sand and the wind blows. But, oh, it's been the best thing in my life to go to West Texas uh, but at my office there, uh, across the street, there was this tree, and uh, it's not a very pretty tree. I brought a picture today, and uh, they'll throw it on the board if they're able. It's, it's nowhere near close to being a, a beautiful tree, but it's a tree in West Texas, and I appreciate it. I'm thankful for it. But I watched this tree over the course of a year or so, and... Uh, if you notice, you look at this tree, uh, you'll notice and see that there is a broken branch hanging right down the center of that tree, hanging about two feet from the ground. And uh, I watched as the school bus pastor would drop uh, the kids off at the end of the road every day, and those children would walk by this tree, and every time, without fail, those children felt obligated to grab that branch and just swing it a little bit. And sometimes they'd tug on it. Sometimes they'd play with it. But without fail, they would mess and play with that branch. I watched a grown man that is much bigger than I am one day spend about 20 minutes yanking and pulling and twisting on that branch to no avail. And uh, it was quite hilarious to me. But it cost someone their pride that day. They'd done everything they could physically to pull down that branch, but he had he just did not have enough strength. And so uh, God began to deal with me, and he prompted me to finally walk across the street to this ugly tree and to focus in on this broken branch a little bit further. And as I grew closer, uh, you, you know, you can't see it in the picture, but I noticed that everything was broken on the outside of that branch, Pastor. Everything... Oh, everything was broken on the outside, and it was just hanging by a thread, if you will. But there was something that was still holding on on the inside. And it brought me to the scripture, John 15 and verse 5, where Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Uh, it was basically saying, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. Uh, Jesus is the source of life, and if we remain in him, church, we too 
too will have life. Even though this tree was broken up on the outside, things in this life, they would try to pull it away from the tree, but there was something that was still holding on on the inside. I'm going to say it one more time. It may be all broken up and beat up and beat down on the outside, but if you're filled with the Spirit of God, there's something that's still alive on the inside, and there can be no demon in hell that can separate you from the love of God. How the storms of life will roll in, and they'll do everything they can to pull you away from that vine. But if you hold on to your faith in God, there's nothing, nothing in this world that can pull you away from Him. And I've come to tell you this morning, the storms of life may be long, but the vine of God is still strong. That vine is still able to heal your marriage. That vine is still able to save your lost family. That vine is still able to pull back every prodigal, every lost, every hurting, every hungry soul in Lufkin, Texas. The vine of God is still able. <coughs> Hallelujah. 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 The vine of God is still able. You see, when you're filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and you've got that presence of God living inside of you, He comes in and He fills every empty void, every broken spot, every crack that's been left by this world. God fills it. I'll never forget uh, before I evangelized uh, at our church, I was a part of uh, the young ministers group in our church. And uh, my pastor would meet up with us once every, every month, and he would encourage and edify us, and he would always give us a book to read uh, for that month. But one thing he always required of us is if you're going to uh, be a minister, you better learn to work the altars. Don't be seeking a pulpit if you can't work an altar. And so that's what I did. I worked the altars. I didn't have any problem praying with people at the altar. Uh, What I did have an issue with was going out into the pews or the chairs, into the, uh, the, the, the sanctuary and praying for people there. I felt like that uh, if, if they wanted to be prayed for, they would come to the front, and then we would pray for them there at altar call. So I tend to stay in the front, but only time you notice I don't go out much, the only time I go out into uh, the sanctuary and pray for people that are not at the altar is if God prompts me to go. And so I look back uh, one Sunday night at church during an altar call, and I see a man about halfway back uh, at the end of a row, and I've never seen this man in my life. And he's a big man, and he's uh, very tall, and he looked all rough. You can tell he's just lived a rough life. And so I, I looked at him, and I felt that, that prompting, that urge from the Holy Ghost to go pray for him. And I said, Mm-mm, no, sir, I don't know him. 
And so I, I made a few more laps, and I just couldn't get away from it. I didn't want to grieve the Holy Ghost, so I called reinforcements. I got another uh, young minister at the front. I said, would you go pray with me, with this gentleman back here? Because he was just standing up. He wasn't sitting down. He was standing up, and he just had his head down. And uh, so I walk up to him. I stand in front of the pew in front of him, and, and I get ready to go lift my hands to, on his head to pray for him, but I could only touch his nose, and that was a little awkward because he was so tall. So I stood on the, the pew in front of me, and me and that other young minister, we began to pray for this man that we have never met in our life. And uh, within five minutes of us praying, his head was no longer down, but it was lifted up, and he was speaking in other tongues because he had received the gift of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Praise God. If you feel that prompting from God, then don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen. And so uh, he comes up to me after church, and he begins to talk to me and tell me his story. And I'm looking at this man, and he tell, he's, he's got a fake eye in his, uh, he's got a fake eye right here. I think it was on the left, on, on the right side. And he told me, he said, I was shot twice by my brother. I said, was it accidental? You know, it was on purpose. My brother shot me in the back, and he shot me in the, in the head. And uh, he said, I've been shot twice by my brother. I've been stabbed multiple times. I've had broken bones. I, I've been in fights. I, I've been on drugs. I've been in alcohol. I've done this and that. I mean, the, the roughest life you can ever think of, this man has endured it. And he ended it all by saying this, I never thought that I could feel so much peace. Uh, I never thought thought that I could have so much joy all because he was broken in the right place praise God. He goes on to tell me I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And he said, "My, I've got a fiance. She's coming next week and I want to wait and, and I want to get baptized when she's here. And so the next week they come and she decides to get baptized as well. And when she comes up out of the water, she's speaking with other tongues, received with the gift of the Holy Ghost because they were broken in the right place. Praise God, praise God. A few weeks later, uh, they were scheduled to get married uh, during the summer, but they were living together, and they said, uh, we want you to marry us on Saturday because we don't want to be living in sin anymore. We want to follow the will of God. Amen, praise God. And they have gone on to be uh, some good friends of ours, but all because this man was broken in the right place, church. Uh, it's okay to be broken when you're in the hands of God. It's okay to be broken when you're in the will of God. Some of you are here this morning. You've got your, your church clothes on. you got your hair fixed up good. You've made it into the building, but inside you're broken. Inside you're bent over and you're hurting. Your spirit is down and we keep a facade on because we don't want anyone to know that we're going through something. We, we don't want anyone to know that we're struggling or unless they gossip about us or so spread our name all over social media, but I'm here to tell you this morning that you're in a good place. You're in a safe place this morning. You don't have to pretend to be something that you're not. God is here this morning, and he can heal, and he can touch you. Praise God. One more thing about this tree. If you look at this tree, you'll notice something that there's this one broken branch hanging from the tree. It's not surrounded by dead branches. 
is surrounded by branches that are connected to the vine, to the tree. They're not dead. They are very much alive. Because when we are broken, we cannot run off and fight this stuff by ourselves. Uh, when we're broken and we're hurting and we're suffering, uh, we can't separate ourselves from the body of Christ. Uh, stay at home and try and figure out this thing by ourselves. We need our brothers and our sisters who are in a different season of life. When they're in a season of victory and triumph, to lay their hands on us and let us know that we're going to make it through this thing together. That you're not on your own. That I'm still here for you. I'm praying for you. I love you. Praise God. If everything is going right for you, then don't get up and leave at an altar service. Look for a brother and sister that's broken and lay hands on them. Look for somebody that's suffering and pray for them. Hallelujah. He said, do not forsake the assembly of yourselves. We may be different branches, but we are a part of the same vine. We may be different people with different opinions, but we serve the same God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. If we stand together hand in hand and heart to heart, uh, the enemy is powerless. Uh, he has no power over unity. Uh, when you're together, whether you're broken or whether you're strong, uh, if we're standing together hand in hand, he has no power over you. Uh, that's why when Elijah was in the cave and he was ready to die, God said, what are you doing, Elijah? He says, I'm by myself. Uh, I feel like I'm alone. He said, I've got 7,000 more out there who have not bowed to bail. You need to get up out of your pity party and get together with your brothers and your sisters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Moses couldn't do it by himself. He needed Aaron. He needed her to hold up his hands at the battle of the Amalekites. And we forget this often, but even Jesus needed help carrying his cross. And if that Jesus needed help carrying his cross, how much more help do you and I need from each other to bear our crosses? David finally reigned over all of Israel and Judah. And he sits back and he thinks of that Jonathan, that brother that he loved that he had a covenant with. He loved this man, Jonathan. And he goes, he sits back on his throne, he says, is there any from the house of Saul? Is there anyone that's left from the family that I loved uh, that I may show the kindness of God unto them? I, must, I wonder what he, how he must have felt when they came in and said, Jonathan had a son. Jonathan, your friend, your best friend, uh, has died in battle. He has a son, uh, but he's not like you and I. You see, he's broken. Uh, he, he may be a little useless to you, David. He, he was dropped at, on his feet at, when he was five, and he's been paralyzed ever since. He, he, he's, he's lame on his feet. Uh, David did not care how broken he was. Uh, he didn't care how lame he was. He simply wanted to know, where is he? And bring him to my presence. Praise God. Praise God. And see that word lame in the Hebrew is nakay, which literally means maimed or physically broken. 
But figuratively, it means dejected, sad, and depressed, disheartened, discouraged, low-spirited, broken-hearted. This man, Mephibosheth, was probably sitting in the house of Makur in Lodabar, just wondering where his life could have been. He was supposed to be a prince. He was, he was supposed to have all of this and all these great things in his life. His life was supposed to be uh, easy and it was supposed to be filled with joy and, and gladness. But now here he is in this, this foreign place, uh, lame and broken. And not only is he physically broken, but he's spiritually broken, Pastor. And he's just sitting there and he's just, and I imagine it's in these moments, I can, I can picture myself being. Mephibosheth. Uh, it's in these moments when we feel like we're worthless. Uh, we feel like nobody loves us. Like we met, like no, we're not going to ever become the, be able to come out of this mess. Uh, the enemy whispers in his ear, "Why don't you just end it all? Why don't you just end it all, Mephibosheth? You'll never become anything. You'll never be nothing because of the state that you were in." And then all of a sudden, there's a knock at the door, and it's the king's men, and they say, "Mephibosheth." we're looking for you the king longs to see you Mephibosheth oh how it must have felt when this broken man that's been rejected and pushed off by society when they said the king desires to have you he makes his way to the king and the bible says that David said fear not Mephibosheth you see, Mephibosheth had every reason to fear because it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was usual in those days for the the new king to go ahead and just kill off the whole lineage of the previous king to keep uh, that family from ever coming up and uh, trying to overtake the throne again. And so maybe Mephibosheth thought that that David was there to kill him. But David makes these words. He says, fear not, Mephibosheth. Uh, from now on, I'm going to restore to you everything the enemy has taken from you. Uh, I'm going to give you back everything the enemy has ever stolen from you, Mephibosheth. Uh, and not only that, Mephibosheth, he said, you're going to eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Oh, praise God. God will restore to you everything that the enemy has ever taken from you. He will restore to you every, every ounce of joy the enemy has ever taken from you because when you have the presence of God in your life, the Bible says it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. You're here this morning by divine order. You're here. It's God, it's God ordained that you are here this morning. We are broken in the right place. Praise God. And Mephibosheth, uh, I can see it right so clearly. He says, why would you look at such a dead dog as I am? Why would you care about something like me? Uh, I have nothing to offer you, David. I can't even feed myself. Uh, I have nothing to offer you. And maybe you feel that way with God. God, what can I offer you, Jesus? What could I do for you? Uh, but David says, you may be broken 
out there. You may be useless uh, out there, Mephibosheth, uh, but you're going to eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Uh, I don't care how useless you were out in the world. Uh, I don't care how worthless the enemy has ever said that you were. But from this day forward, Mephibosheth, uh, you will be broken uh, in the right place. Uh, And I'm just here to tell you this morning, we all have that same invitation this morning to eat at the the king's table as one of the king's sons. Uh, Praise God. Worship leaders, if you would come this morning where I'm coming to a close. Praise God. Praise God. Would you stand with me this morning, church? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. From this day forward, Mephibosheth, you will be broken in the right place. Jesus. I want you to notice that the Bible never gives us any indication that Mephibosheth was ever healed of his brokenness. It never says that he walked. For all we know, He was lame for the rest of his life. His brokenness did not change. It was his location. He says he was in the land of Lodabar, which means not having or no pasture. One translation says the land of nothing. His brokenness did not change, but only his location. But look how drastic this change was simply because he changed his location. He went from the land of nothing to the land of promise. He went from nothing, having nothing, to having everything. And we have that same opportunity here this morning. God is calling you. Jesus died on that cross some 2,000 years ago so that you and I may have this opportunity to eat at the king's table as one of the king's sons. And unlike this world, God doesn't care how broken you are. He doesn't care how many times you've messed up. He doesn't care how many mistakes or how many times you have fallen because he can fix all of that. He can change all of that. All he wants you to do is to come to his presence. You see, the king sent out his men to go and find Mephibosheth, but Mephibosheth had to answer the call. And God has done the same thing this morning. Praise God. I wonder if we could just all come to the front this morning. I know it's unusual. Some of us normally will will stand back. But if you would, for the sake of others, if you are not broken this morning, for the sake of your brothers and your sisters, would you be willing to come to the front this morning? We may have to scoot up a little bit to make room for everybody, but God is wanting to do some healing this morning. And you may say, well, everything's fine with me, but there's somebody. There's multiple people here this morning that are broken. Praise God. Praise God. This is beautiful. This is beautiful.
Hallelujah. 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 Lord, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. If you don't believe that this moment is not God-ordained, I've got something for you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Look around you. There's somebody next to you. There's somebody before you. They're broken. And we're not admitting it here this morning. We're just going to simply minister to each other. We're going to pray for each other. I had a man in my life. He's an elder in my life. He used to pastor years ago. He told me the story I'll never forget of how he took his youth group down to the the coast in Florida. He was pastoring in Georgia. And he said, all along the coast, there's picnic areas you can pull over. And you you can stop and you can let the kids play. But he said, every time I pull over, God will prompt me, the Holy Ghost would prompt me to keep driving a little further. And I'd keep driving and I'd keep driving. And the kids in the back were getting uh, impatient, saying, why don't you just pull over until finally God said, here you are. He said, there was one other vehicle there. He pulls over. He lets the kids out. They go play. And he looks over at a picnic table. And here's a man sitting on the picnic table holding his Bible. A God-ordained appointment. He goes over and says, what are you reading? He says, I don't know. Would you be willing to help me? He gives the man a Bible study right then and there. And to make a long story short, that man receives the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. But as he was getting ready to leave, time was up. That man there on the bench said, Pastor, before you leave, why don't you open up that paper sack right there and look inside? He opened up the sack and looked inside and he said it was a loaded 44 caliber pistol. He said, I came here this morning to end it all. But something spoke to me. Something spoke to me and said, just hold on for a little bit. Just hold on. And so I said, God, I'm going to come here and I'm going to wait. He said, and then here you are, you show up. All because he was broken in the right place. There is nothing accidental with God. There is nothing arbitrary with Him. This is a God-ordained moment, church. The Bible says in Matthew 11, To come to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That word labor means weary. It means fatigued. Come to me in all your weariness, in all your disabilities, your dysfunctions. Come to me in all your inadequacies. And he says, I will give you rest. Let's lift our hands right now to the Lord. God, in your name, Jesus. 
you know what needs to happen this morning. You know, God, what needs to take place. I pray that you will begin to minister right now, God. Let your spirit fall and begin to touch, begin to heal, begin to mend, Jesus. Begin to restore everything that has been stripped from them by the enemy. Somebody's here to get your joy back. Somebody's here to get your peace back. Somebody's here to get your life back. I'm here right now to tell you in the Holy Ghost, God is here to restore you. God is here to restore you. Everything. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it right there, church. Begin to minister. Begin to pray for each other. Oh, in Jesus' name. I'm not leaving the same way I walked in. I'm going to leave restored. I'm going to leave with my joy. I'm leaving with my peace. I'm leaving without those chains of bondage and of sin. This will 